Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN. Hi, this is Bruce Smith, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN. Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Dean Kane. You're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, and so am I. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. I get criticized for that on the Dan Levitard show, that that sister show they do down at the uh, Clevelander Hotel. We'll have more about that later in the week. Syracuse University wins at Western Michigan. I had to tolerate tweets from Paulie the Mole chastising me as I took Western on the road. And we're going to talk in depth in segment one about exactly what we saw and what things, my fears, being fully exposed uh, in this game. You want to start it off? Uh, well, with, we got Josh from the Daily Orange here. So well, what Josh, introdu- Josh, Josh is going to be the referee today. Introduce it. Uh, I thought it was a good win for the university. I, I thought everything went as well as it possibly could have gone up there, except for maybe sticking with DeVito a little too long, but... Uh, they they bounce back and the better team won and everybody just uh, this town this there's something about this town and fan base that drives me up a wall like you can't this isn't a town where you can be picky about your wins like I, you you beat Western Michigan accept it and move on we don't need to critique well, how bad the coaching was and all the other stuff you got to win you take every win you can in Syracuse and you cherish it and hug it and hold it yeah. like it's a baby. Well, Josh, what did you? Let's get your analysis on the game. Just overall thoughts. Yeah, just just. Uh, we can, what did you take away from the game? And yeah, I let's let's start with the Devito thing that we were just talking about because I okay. think that that's kind of it's kind of where the game was made in some ways, right? So you come out at a halftime, fumble, Western Michigan scores, that put it at thirty-four fourteen. Then Syracuse gets the ball back. And I'm trying to remember what happened on that drive right now, and it's escaping me, but they didn't move the ball very far, and they punt again. After that, don't you take DeVito out? They they kept DeVito in at least two series too long. Okay. And, well, does DeVito get in the game because Dungy's run for 164 in the first half and they have a big lead? Yes. So you're trying to get him reps. Right. I get that. But you've got to win a football game, too. At 34-14, I don't think, you ta- I don't think I'm that worried about taking him out. No, all right. I'm saying 34-21. So, 34-21. So DeVito has had two series in the second half that didn't go that well, and Western Michigan has scored on a combined, at that point, like four plays. And, and this and this has been my concern and what I said about why I I know how hard it is to play on the road at Western Michigan. And so it was particularly when they're playing a team that's of a higher stature. It's a big game for them, and they're going to get national exposure. So I knew that they were going to, they were going to play you know pretty good football against Syracuse. Here's the problem. Um, it's not what DeVito did or didn't do. It's the fact that Syracuse University had a big lead and gave up 28 third por- quarter points. That has nothing to do with the offense. Right. So if the concern is you can't put it on him as long as he didn't throw pick sixes. And, right. And, you know, so a fumble's not good. But if he's making terrible plays and the team's not or the team's just not driving and playing as well as they did with Dungey, he's not as good as Dungey. But the real concern of what was exposed to me about this is, because as I visualize teams that can really, really execute on offense, 
all around the field better than Western Michigan. What's Syracuse defense going to do when they run into Clemson? What's Syracuse defense going to do when they run into Boston College, who's one of the most prolific running backs in the country right now? And you know, are we looking at three or four games where we're going to lose by 50? And the answer probably is yes, we probably are. I think what you saw in defense is a lot of inexperience. Uh, Babers kind of talked about that yesterday, and he talked about how the team needs to be able to handle momentum shifts better. And I think you saw things just kind of really unravel in that quarter. I know on a couple of the long balls, like Scoop Bradshaw was playing that Estreef kid who runs a 4-3, by the way. Great receiver. Oh, yeah, he was, that, play, he was that, playing him. Yeah, go ahead. That was what I was going to say. Is they're not going to run into a receiver that fast in the ACC, you know, most of the time. So right. so everybody that's freaking out that they're giving up 80-yard bombs to him, it, it, it's no it's no bad thing to be getting beat by an NFL you know, right. capable wide receiver. And you have Scoop playing him probably 10 yards off on one of those plays. I know he started literally 10 yards off and still got beat deep, but the freshman Cisco who was playing one, a one-high look at safety by himself didn't help as much as he should have. And right. he got beat as well, too, because he didn't know his assignment yet. If you look at the long runs, the linebackers didn't play the gap discipline they were supposed to, and the running back cuts it up and runs 60 yards. I think the guys just need to understand their assignments a little bit better, mm-hmm. and that's what. That's why you play Western Michigan the first week and you play Wagner the next week to kind of figure that stuff out. So I think you just have to hold faith for through last week and this week that the defense learned something from it. I guess. Well, by the end of the third quarter, I think you know the game was was in jeopardy. You know, I mean, right. certainly when you roll out your take your starter out because of your lead and then have to bring him back in the game. Trust me, he was sitting on the sidelines thinking, I'm done today, you know, and uh, and that wasn't the case. Uh, you know, and they responded. They came down and they and they and they drove the ball down the field and they and they scored again um, and took command of the game again. So that was a good sign. Um, uh, I, I, I am worried about the defense, though. I really am. Um, you know, I don't want to see a Wagner Appalachian State game. You know? <laughs> if this this Wagner game has to be a 30 point. Uh, you know, this is one of those when you talk about, and, and I don't think Syracuse is going to have to worry about where they end up nationally ranked because the bottom line is they got to get to six. You know, if they get to six, they're going to a bowl game. They're going down to Yankee Stadium or something like that, you know, and, and that would be a victory for us, I think, to go to a bowl game this year. So uh, I, I want to keep our sights realistic. And beating Western, I did not think they were going to beat Western. I didn't. Um, and so I'm happy they did. That there is the dichotomy that I need to straighten out with the mole. I want Syracuse to win every game. I really do. I just, uh, you know, maybe this is why I'm not revered very well by uh, by you know members of the Syracuse coaching staff and some of the athletic directors department about because I say exactly what I think. I don't I don't have a um, you know some type of uh, false uh, alliance with them. I have to say what I think. I am in order for me to be true to myself. And so again, when I look when I look down the board, I think Wagner next week is a win. And I got to tell you something. I had us losing to Florida State, and I watched that game last night, and they were awful. Talk about should have pulled a quarterback. I mean, they were still in the game. Virginia Tech, the, thank God Florida State's defense played well enough to kept them to 17, you know, and they were still in the game up until the fourth quarter. You know, you're talking a couple of touchdowns, and he played awful, awful. He was terrible. I thought they should have yanked him. They really did. The other thing we need to talking Syracuse is not not worry about is DeVito's got to get reps. People don't realize he has to get reps this year. If they get down, and another thing, Twitter. 
Dungy's going to get killed the way they're playing him, blah, blah, blah. That's how the kid plays, and you need a backup quarterback. They've got to get DeVito reps. He's going he's gonna to play a ton probably on Saturday. Florida State, I don't know so much, but I would expect him to play a lot against UConn too. So it's Well, he, here lies the problem, that uh, the other problem offensively that I saw in the game, and it was this. I remember when Michael Vick was playing in Atlanta, and I and I was doing Best Damn Sports Show, and we had uh, I had a huge controversy with the rest of the uh, cast on the show because I said it was a preseason game, and Vic got hurt, rolled out of the pocket, took a look and pumped it, and then he ran to the right sideline and was and and he cut back in like he faked like he was going to go out of bounds, mm-hmm. and he tried to grab an extra like five or six yards and got stuck and hurt himself. So we had uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson and uh, Terry Bradshaw on as guests, and I said, Coach, am I wrong? Or should he have a rule? This is a coaching problem. He should have been told, under no circumstances are you to run the ball. He goes, you're absolutely right. He never should have been running the ball in a preseason game, ever, to risk him getting hurt. He was the starting quarterback. Now, I watched this game, 164 yards, because I texted Paulie. I missed. He finished with 200. Right. I I wrote Paulie. I'm like, what the hell happened? They're up 35, whatever. And he goes, he's got 164 yards rushing in the first half. And I thought, wow. That's a... You try to do that against some of the bigger ACC teams where they're throwing 250-pound linebackers at you and across the deck and linemen at you, and I got news for you. You better get this kid some reps. But what I will say is the offensive line played well on Friday night, and Dungy didn't take a lot of hits. He was yeah. running He was running safe. It, he, they were <coughs> running design quarterback runs, right. and he would run for 15 yards and then kind of do some sort of dive down and know that he didn't want to take a hit. He didn't get really lit up at all, which is not something we've seen in years. He got that one hit to the ribs, right. and he was out for that. But but it just goes to show you, it just takes one hit. I mean, it, yeah. if he if he goes rogue and 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 gets out of a gets out of the pocket and gets hit, he could be out for the season. Again. But that's my point. So you go ahead and and, and 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 you guys are making my point. So you take Devito and you look at what he's capable of doing, and it's a completely different offense and nowhere near as good if he if he has to come in. Take what Paulie's saying, which is you got to get the kids some reps in case something happens. But here's the problem. If you're going to run designed running plays against other ACC teams, it's going to be different than running it against Western Michigan. So, Because you're not as good across the board in the MAC as you're going to be in the ACC. Even the weaker teams in the ACC are going to throw some bigger bodies at you. They're going to hit you. Those 15-yard runs are going to be more like 9-yard runs, which are still very effective. You can run the ball for 9 yards. But the quarterback's going to take a shot. And he's going to take them over and over again. And so I worry if they depend on him rushing for even – if he ran for 70 yards a game every game, he'd be the number one rushing quarterback in the ACC. So that's a lot of yards to get get from your quarterback. But he's going to take a beating doing that. And he's been susceptible to injury, this kid. He has been. I just think he's he's best when he's running the ball. Yes, he he showed yeah. it as much on Friday. He what did he complete seven passes? Yeah, he he also he had a pretty good day with just completing seven passes, throwing the ball too. He was right. se- he passed for 184 yards and two touchdowns too. It wasn't like he you know yeah you know he's a, he's the kid's a legit star in the ACC. L- listen, and, a- and this and this may sound may sound premature, but with the numbers that he put up rushing. With the numbers that he percentage he put up passing and two touchdowns, slow down. He's got to be. It. He's, Don't say he's, it. He's got to be considered for for some ACC pre- Player of the Week for, for, <laughs> for some consideration for 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 awards down the road. I'll say after one game, let's throw. You just back. avoided the hot take button yeah, so quick. <laughs> you knew it was coming, and you just like talked well, off no, the he leg. Didn't want me to jinx it. That's <laughs> what I thought he was jinx. doing. That's a ridiculous take this early in the season. Okay, well we're an ACC team. 
So we're in a big division, and you look at the guys and their numbers each week, and they and they accumulate. He's gonna he should light up Wagner and throw for four touchdowns. So suddenly you don't say who they played. You go, hey, who's the well, Florida State quarterback who was supposed to be a, a Heisman hopeful did nothing but tank in that game. I think he had two completions, so he was terrible. So you look at how how Dungy did, and then if he lights them up and then has a big game against UConn, you watch what the conversation is going to be. He's going to have thrown for you know nine hundred yards in three games I, or something. I, I think you can start the conversation. I just, said, I just said he's going to he's going to be in that conversation. You're right. Because really, when you look at those kind of postseason awards, where it starts and where the hype starts, like the Lamar Jackson, that starts in September. Right. And he'll have great September numbers, hopefully a good game against FSU, then head into Clemson and see what you do. I don't believe that his name was in the preseason 20 guys that you're talking about for that award. I believe that after next week, people are going to go, hey, how about that Syracuse kid through for, you know, listen, let me, let me ask you this. How many ACC quarterbacks have rushed for 200 yards in a game in the last 10 years? Three? Four? You know what I mean? I mean? Lamar Jackson several times. Yeah. Right, right, right. But, but and then, that's one quarterback. Right, and so, then no one but how else. Many, yeah. Right. So this is a kid who rushed for 200 yards in a Division One college football game as a quarterback. That's a pretty astounding thing. It doesn't, it doesn't get done often. 100, 150 is like, but 200? Running backs don't rush for 200. That's a big. That's a big accomplishment. You're not gonna. You're not gonna see another Syracuse quarterback do that for a long time. I promise. And the other thing uh, on Devito, and to clarify what I was saying, it's not because something might happen and Dungy may get hurt. Syracuse is a growing program, and he's the future of the program. He's got. He's got to play. You know, like it. This year really isn't that big of a deal in the grand scheme of Syracuse football. You might have to take a couple lumps. I'm not saying they're going to lose games and play them, but you know you're going to have to take some lumps and maybe have closer games because of. You, well, you, you definitely know. want to get in the reps. You know, it's funny you brought up Jackson, and there's a there's a a controversy right now. They've named uh, uh, RG three as the backup now in in Baltimore, and he's he's number three. Uh, same similar situation now is that they've said Peterman is going to start for Buffalo, and I'm looking at that going. After watching McCarron, you know, I mean, I mean, McCarron t- drove him down the field multiple times. He rushed, and, and I'm thinking to myself, Buffalo screwed this year. I want to avoid that. It, it's so funny. Uh, where is the line right now for Syracuse football with with these first few games where you want to definitely get him the reps? How much does that hurt Dungey not to throw for 400 against Wagner? Though, you know, because <laughs> I mean? if you left him in there, he's going to pick him apart, and he's just going to kill him. If I had to guess, I'd say Eric gets three quarters on Saturday. He'll get three quarters against Wagner? Because then they'll be completely blowing him out at that point, and you can safely bring DeVito in for a full fourth quarter rest. Well, if Wagner played Western in 10 games, I think Western wins it 10 times. I think they kill Wagner. So I think Syracuse should – that's the problem. If Syracuse is up by 35 again, is the is the importance to get this kid some more reps, and according to Paul, he thinks it is, in case something ever happens in some of the bigger games um, – Boy, that's a double-edged sword. If I'm if I'm Dungey, I want to be, I want to play four quarters against Wagner and throw for five hundred. Well, you're looking. These are really Wagner and UConn are probably your last two legitimate chances to play yeah. Devito. Yeah. After that, right? Syracuse is battling to win every game. They're not going to blow anyone else on that schedule out. Well, they're battling Wagner. They should kill if they don't win that game by right. thirty. I mean, that's yeah, that's, it, not, that's not a good game. And if but, I'm Syracuse, I'm hoping to get him in maybe two, three series into the. Second but half. didn't UConn play somebody really big game one? 
Who did UConn play? They played somebody on the road huge. That's asking. That's a minutia question. Come on, they played someone huge. They did. I think so. Uh, all right. Let's I think see. they played like TCU, or they played somebody. U- UCF. Oh University yeah, they played Central, Central Florida. Florida. Right. Who? Who? who what was by the, the way. Score? 56 to 17. 56 to 17. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you something. UConn don't, isn't ducking Don't think anybody. UCF isn't going to run the, run the table again this year and be in a, in a... Oh, UCF's very good. They're really good offensively. But UConn losing to them by 50 points tells me nothing about mm. UConn. I know, it doesn't tell me anything. I know. But, but, but you know, I, I'd hate to see what would happen if we played UCF. That would not be pretty. UConn is not ducking anybody as they roll against Boise State next. And yeah, then, UConn's and coming Hughes out, huh? And uh, Rhode Island. <laughs> That Rhode Island game is going to be tough for them. Yeah, yeah that should be a tough one. <laughs> no, it could <laughs> be. That, that might be the closest game on what are they, schedule. What are they, the, right the Billikens? What are they on there? The Rams. The Rams. Who's the Billikens? Some, some crazy bird. We're probably going to go to break. Yeah, that's Ram a break-in. <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> we'll be right back. I'm so excited. It's time for... Uh, um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I just can't... Uh, um. So what? It's unlistenable radio. You understand me? Daniel Baldwin Show. <sighs> We're back. Talk to me, Josh. Rick Pitino's new book, My Story, is released today. And in it, he writes, quote, my coaching career is probably finished. Shocking. I don't buy that. You don't think Patino's done? I don't think Patino's done. No. Who is going to touch with Patino? Florida Atlantic? Uh, I Well, there, there it is. It depends on how much crow he'd be willing to eat. So if, But certainly some D1 school would look at that and how attractive that would be because you cannot take one thing away from him. He wins basketball games for sure. That's like so, inviting cancer into your body. Listen, you know, we elected yeah. a game show host as the president <laughs> of the United States, a reality show host. We elected Oprah is thinking of running. She's a daytime talk show, trash talk show host in the Oprah Winfrey show. So the gloves are off in what we're willing to accept and, and, and what we're willing to do, uh, you know. I can go on and on and on and on with scandals and different things that have occurred. So is it possible for a the Akron Zips, you know, or or, or the Toledo Mudhens in a Division One school, you know, in the MAC or whatever? Is he going to walk into an ACC job because Danny Manning decides to leave? Probably not. But could he coach again in Division One? Absolutely. He's Rick Pitino. He could do that. But does the NCAA want him anywhere near them at all? And he has like, to win if he comes back. For because sure. If you're Akron and you sign Rick Pitino, like, you have to go to the Sweet 16 like within two years. You need to be good immediately. I don't think you need to go don't. to the Sweet 16. I think you need to perform a- as a contender in the MAC within two years. Because okay. how many, you know what I mean? So if he's winning titles for a school, listen, p- p- they're willing to overlook. A lot of them are willing to overlook if they're winning. Look at Urban Meyer right now. He knew. He lied. He knew absolutely unequivocally. He covered it up, all of it. It's all true. They got text messages. He knew what happened for the second time, and he tried to lie his way out of it at a press conference. And guess what? Got a three-game suspension. Ohio State rolled with an assistant coach who was calling the offensive plays this season anyway, and and he's going to coach that team. You know why? Because Ohio State's not going to let Urban Meyer leave and disrupt their program until after they've finished this season. They won't do that. Uh, I just got a text message. A friend of mine travels to Louisville a couple times a year. Mm -hmm. He wants to know if... uh, Rick Pitino put uh, any way to contact the ladies uh, of the night oh. in Louisville. 
I'm sure that we can get your friend that information. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Paulie, aren't you going to Louisville tomorrow? <laughs> my friend, I get that call all the time. Yeah. My friend is really sick and they're they're drinking a lot. I wonder if you can help my friend. Yeah, right. Uh, the Chicago Bears reached a record-setting six-year, $141 million extension with Khalil Mack on Saturday, according to ESPN. Cool. Rick Pitino has to win. This one has to win. That one has to win. And the Chicago Bears are shelling out that kind of candy. Do they still play football in Chicago? Yeah, yeah. And but guess- the take uh, the take I got from this is the Oakland Raiders are trying to just kind of refresh their entire program, right? Before they make the move? Yeah. So they're dumping people off. They're trying to get first-round picks. They want to go. And- I think it was a good move by the Raiders. They weren't going to pay him. Get rid of him. And they got they got two first-round picks out of that, right? Yeah. Yeah isn't, yeah, there, isn't there some big buzz from uh, from Gruden? He's like all over the internet right now, and it was about his reasoning for the trade. And um, but you, uh, w- moreover, will that stop Green Bay from winning this game this weekend by twenty five? Because they're going to kill Chicago. They're going to kill him. Lock that one up as one of my big picks. You can take that right now. Green Bay is going to score forty five against the Bears. Whoa, hold on. Dude, hold on, hold on. 45 points. The Great One oh, like has spoken. The Great One has spoken, of course. He doesn't know about Nostradamus. That's the first time I've heard you, that. You know, you know Nostradamus? <laughs> yeah. The, the, well, I do Nostradaniel. Mm. Where, I go, where I go into a trance and I make my picks. Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> Again. See? My lawyer in L.A. said to me yesterday, he texted me, hey, I just take, took a look at the Galaxy Media uh, website. Why are you not on the Galaxy Media website? They've got the dog trainer on. Who are you They've again? Got, are you doing yeah, exactly, Are you exactly. on it? Me? Yes. K-Rock, TK. <laughs> yep. You're on that. You're I'm K-Rock, Josh. He's not on it. No, I don't think I'm he's on it. I'm not on it. Who the hell cares if you're on it? Yeah, who are you? Right. Hold on, I want to look. He's a guy who drives to football games. (laughs) Hey, what's wrong with that? Uh, Rate. Yeah, there's, there's. Look at, look at, look at the picture of TK99. It, it, but nobody's on it. It's Danny Shays in a picture with, with Gomez and Lisa. And that's offensive. Like I don't get that that picture offends me. I I don't get why. K Rock's on there. ESPN's on there. Like I don't get what your argument is. Why is it not? Go, go, scroll through the rest. Scroll through the rest. Pictures of salespeople, for God's sake, when you click on it. Oh, lighten up, get dude. Off the, you need listen. to get over yourself. No, I don't need to get over myself. I know exactly what I need to do. That's why I'm doing it. Wow. Yeah. Look, there you are. Your name's on there. Is it on there somewhere down there? Yeah, look, right See? under Mike and Mike in sequential order of how you show up. Yeah, of how you show up. That's great. Eagles coach Doug Peterson <laughs> is, which should be no surprise to any of us, has announced that Nick Foles will start on Thursday against the Falcons. I don't think he had a choice but to start Foles. I mean, Wentz isn't ready, so what's he going to do? And Foles is a Super Bowl MVP. It's not like you're stepping down that bad, you know, when you're starting this guy. But when when does the switch come? Yeah. How many games do we get out this of Foles? This makes this really you interesting. You were now. not here last year, young gentleman. And I'm gonna Josh tell, from the Daily Orange. And I'm going to tell you, Josh, that I sat here and I said, you don't give this guy the right and trade him away after filling in for Wentz, winning the Super Bowl MVP, performing the way he did. He does not deserve at 29 years old for him and his family to play somewhere else. And he wanted to go play somewhere else because he knew when Wentz came back. So now if you win, and he's going to have a tight game, it's going to be a tight game against Atlanta. But if he wins, 
two in a row. After the run that he made, and knowing Philly is like New York, I mean, those are live to die. Yeah, They can quickly forget about how well Wentz played to say, don't rock the boat right now. Now, the worst case scenario is going to be, who do they play in week? When's, when's Wentz due back? Two games, right? He's supposed he's to sit two, right? right? Sit two. Okay, so who does Philly have in week three? Because if it's a big game and Wentz comes in and loses... Week one is the Falcons, week two are the Bucks. week three are the Colts. And that's how they should handle the Colts. Right, they're probably... Yeah. They're probably timing it out just for that scenario. Then they go to the Titans, then the Vikings, and then the Giants. If they're 2-0, and do they bring Wentz back for game three automatically just because he's ready? Well, Can't you just make up that he's maybe not ready and well, keep extending but, but it? Then, but don't you, don't you prolong the agony if you let Foles go? What if Foles goes 3-0? And then you're going to turn around, or you're going to bring him back against Minnesota? You know if, I mean? if that, it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, that that's my point. Do I don't believe they should do anything until he starts playing badly, or you can you can hang a loss on him. Yeah, I think they have a built-in out by saying, "Oh, Wentz, he's just not ready yet. He just oh, he's still." See, I think just the opposite is going to happen. I think that they're going to bring Wentz in after in Game Three. He's going to probably play well, and then when they Minnesota's on the road, isn't it? Uh, where is it? Uh, Where's Minnesota? Because that's big. Because that's a test of the NFC Finals, possibly. That that's that's yeah, that could definitely be that for almost, sure. Minnesota brings a lot a of guys back this year. They're going to be good. Yeah. So so you're looking at a at a precursor to their destiny at the end of the season to get into the Super Bowl, and and I I believe they're in Minnesota. Vikings are at as are at. Philly, they are at Philly. Okay, yeah. that's better. That bodes better for better for uh, Wentz, um, but that's going to be the that's going to be the test. So it, you can hold all your bets because they are going to start Wentz in Game Three if he's ready. They're going to put they it on the board. But they've said all along, they I, I don't think they can go back on what they said. They've said all along, he is the starter of this team, and as much as we appreciate what Foles did, the value of having Foles, and we're going to pay him more than we did um, to keep him here. But for Foles, I just feel bad for him because career-wise, I mean, he is not probably as good all around as Wentz, but he certainly is a starter on another team. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't take him right. in Buffalo right now, right? Yeah, I'd take him over Jace over Peterman for sure. He could have he could have rode this wave like a lot better. Oh man, for sure, for sure. Maybe he's, maybe he knows something about Wentz we don't know. And then finally, and so what? I will give you the score of the Council Bluffs Thomas Jefferson High School. To the Sioux City North High School, the final was 99-81 to in a football game, making it the highest recorded score ever in Iowa athletic history. A total of 180 points Wow! that night on the field. Well, just a defensive standstill. Quarterback Cameron Lukowski had 169 rushing yards to the total of a 745. I know, not a lot. He's, those, those are dungy numbers. Uh, dungy first half numbers. Cameron Baker ran for 371 yards. There, we, there you go. Uh, the other quarterback threw for 309 yards. It was that just, seems low. That's too. still not a lot. I, of know, yards. You know, we're I not thought we're gonna have like no, a 700 no, yard passer. No, you know why we're not he- what we're not hearing? That nine kickoffs were returned for touchdowns <laughs> or something. There had to be some serious. Serious punt returning or kickoff returning going on in this I game. I haven't heard about that much scoring in high school since young Josh Grossman. That's right. That's right. Pulling in tons of poo. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, Wicked Tuna. Ooh, you know his new going show. On. Going on in the drama department. Look out. <laughs> Look out. Uh, well, the other side of this, we do have a so what, which, which involves Kaepernick and the Nikes and stuff, but that's going to spend some time on that. So This what? hour of the Daniel Baldwin Show is brought to you by Baldwinsville Gentle Dentistry. Go to sleep while Beville. 
com. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something before you go to break. Sure. So I finally pulled the trigger on Josh's recommendation. I call over to Baldensville Gentle Dentistry, and I go over there. And I am petrified of going to the dentist. I hate it. That was the best place I've ever been. They They're were a great so, group. They sat me down. They went over the whole thing, what they were going to do first. I went in. I was still nervous. Um, they took all these different scans and photographs, and the doctor came in and met with me. He said, look, this is what we should prioritize and do first. But he did something that was really interesting to me. He showed me my teeth in photographs they took with a camera, and he said, do you like how that looks? And I went, no, not really. He goes, yeah, no. You, you know, your back teeth, you're chewing with your front teeth. He went, he went through every single scenario with me and made a plan of what we're going to do over the course of the next six months. And it was the best experience I've ever had. I love this place. They're a great place, man. Sleepallbeville.com. We'll be right back. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now! And we're back. And man, we have to figure out how we stream what we talk about during the I'm break. I'm not streaming that. You Come on, me? stream it! Let's get dirty. Let's get free on my ass and unemployment. Be rolling down the stream. Wow. That's very sexy, actually. Hey, so, did you know? Oh, I didn't. Did you know that this hour of the Daniel Baldwin show is brought to you by Cam's Pizzeria? You know, I, I was on the phone. I, did I tell you the, how I big dogged with the You delivery? did big dog with Cam's, yeah. I did. I big dogs with Cam's. I big dogged it. You called the I owner. called Tony, and I had to get his son, Michael, to go, who are you? Oh, my God. <laughs> but that, that pizza, that Cam's pizza. It's untouchable. Unbelievable. I, had him, I, had him got, I, did, a, I did a step better. I went with the chicken bacon ranch mm-hmm. with extra bacon. You are crazy. Man, I had to do it. Settle down. I Try do some it. of that this Saturday at the Oswego Bacon Festival up there at the Oswego Speedway. Noon is, is that another another yes. ju- Galaxy Media giant? Yeah, yes, oh, yeah. presented by Pathfinder Bank. It's full of bacon brews and great music. Yeah. You can check out our bed. That's best this buddy, weekend. Best buddy, just Joe, up there. He's performing. performing. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, like a, a, a quick movie. shout out to our friend Jason Klug, mm-hmm. who is delivering twins this morning. Oh, twins! Best of luck, brother. Big time. Happy Impressive fu- for a happy- man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> happy fun playtime is all over. Yeah, it's over. He's going to be a slave to work, too. He's going to afford three kids and his wife now. He's done. So, Polly has the audio here uh, of one idiot. of the people who are now burning their Nike sneakers in response to Colin Kaepernick being named the face of Just Do It. Well, I first looked at this, and it came up. You know, it's, it's on the hot sheet of things that are going on in sports on just about every site. And... I, I kind of, at first, I was like, are you kidding me? That Nike, And then I started thinking about Just Do It and some of the other controversial ads that they've done before. I kind of actually like it. I, I, I do. Wow, I didn't expect that take from you. I do. I like it. I just don't see why it's worth it for Nike. Yeah, I'm, I don't know why I'm they stepped in this. I'm not really for or against it. I just yeah. don't see why, if you're Nike, you do it. I have the same take. Why are you poking the bear? You're, okay. you're alienating half your... Okay, well, so I'm going to tell you, I think, why. Um, I think... In the long run, they have decided as a company, you know, t- dropping golf was a huge decision that was a big division of theirs, and that had a lot to do with the demise of Tiger Woods and his reputation, I believe. Um, and and so they're going much more into the Euro market now, where it's where you have to remember too when you look at um, at, at America from inside of our country, 
we're fed a certain amount of propaganda and believe a certain thing about ourselves. When you travel abroad a lot, a lot of people look at America and they think it's you know Ringling Brothers and Vegas. You know that's what that's what they think of America. So when you take a, a topical thing like this about Kaepernick, I think the outside view of Kaepernick is far more people go, how could they do that to that guy? You know, it is violent there. When you look at violence in our country, um, we have more more murders in in our mid-sized states than most entire countries in Europe. You know, we have thousands of murders in the state of New York in one year. England has 79. You know, I mean, the whole country has 79 murders or something. I mean, it's crazy. So here's the thing is, they didn't have to take a stance on Kaepernick at all is why I'm confused about it. Yeah, they could have just continued selling shoes and... Because I think <coughs> taking a stance for Kaepernick is better than taking a stance against Kaepernick. Don't right. get me wrong. Right. But they could have just kept doing what they were doing. I didn't even think about Nike and Kaepernick well, still being linked. You know, you know, it's yesterday. a great, you know, it's a great, um, you know, and now we're going to get into potential religion and all kinds of interesting, interesting things. I was very offended when they gave the Arthur Ashe award to Bruce Jenner. I was because I felt what, although I can sympathize with what Bruce did and in his position, the world's greatest athlete at the Olympics, decathlon winner. I've known Bruce for many, many years. I just felt that that award should have gone for somebody that had done something different than what he was brave to have come out and done. Not taking away from, from I'm sure, a lot of the emotional and psychological things that he had to have gone through and the cross he had to bear in order to do what he did. I just didn't feel that it was um, the ESPYs to give him that award. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I wondered what, what Ash would have felt about it, you know, for it to go to that person. Um, the same will be said of this. You know, it's 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 one of those things where you kind of look at it and you go, is this you know what he's doing? An incredibly, I mean, he's he's had to. The guys went to a Super Bowl, and he's only twenty nine or thirty now. I mean, he's still certainly viable enough to have been picked up by someone, if for not this situation where he made this choice to make a statement. Um, would he be playing in the NFL? And I think the answer is absolutely. Yes. He'd be at least backing somebody up, for sure. Yeah. I thought Philly was going to grab him. I, I really did. I thought it would have been a, a smart move to shore him up with a guy who had Super Bowl experience um, rather than if 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 uh, he had gotten hurt, falls, they would have been screwed, and the outcome of that game would have been very different. Um, so so w- with that said, remember back there was a guy, I'm trying to think of his name, maybe you guys will get it. He won an Olympic gold medal in boxing. And he decided he was not going to go fight in the Vietnam War. And everyone, during the height of civil rights, during the height of racism in this country, they said, this Cassius Clay guy is trouble. This guy is... And he rewrote what he went through and personally, personally, the persecution, the death threats, the stuff that he went through and when he decided to become Muhammad Ali and the things that he said, I do not believe that I should go to a foreign land and kill foreign people for, for, for America. I just don't, that's not what my religion teaches me. I don't believe that. And they stripped him of his title and they didn't allow him to fight again for, for years in his prime, you know. You can draw an, an analogy between these two. You can. I'm not saying he was the. He certainly wasn't Muhammad Ali, but he gave up a starting job in the NFL after going to a Super Bowl and has pretty much destroyed his career because he may have wanted to make a statement about a social issue in this country for his people. And I think that that, that part he wasn't good enough. That, this is where the, that part gets lost in this whole thing. He wasn't a good quarterback. 
He okay. had, he was a flash in the pan. Okay. Like he didn't give up anything. He get, he was a bench warmer when he got So we had two people nod their heads yes. So you're telling me before the kneeling incident would Colin Kaepernick still be you think he was out of the NFL before before the kneeling incident? He, he was You think he was yes to yes or no? He was a no third question. string quarterback. He could have very easily been out of the NFL. With or without I the totally kneeling. Disagree. I think he's still in the NFL. Yeah, I'm not he's saying he's a starter. I'm not saying I'm not he's... saying that either. I'm saying he was he was excommunicated from the NFL because of the kneeling incident. That, and other that, teams didn't want to touch him. It had nothing to do with his. If performance. he was good, he'd be playing. If he was good, he'd be in the NFL. That's not true. So 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 with that said, let me ask you this. At the time, at the time when he started kneeling. He was holding the, the, a clipboard. Listen, listen to me. At the time when he started kneeling. Is he better than the starter in Buffalo right now? At that time? Yes. At the time he started kneeling. I haven't seen enough of the quarterback in Buffalo to judge. You saw his five interception performance last year. Is he better than that guy? Is he better than, you know, three or four, five, eight of the third string quarterbacks in the NFL? Certainly he's better than them. But when, when you get to be the, the third time. string quarterback, is that what we're arguing about? That he should be the third string quarterback? No, you're not arguing about that. You're not. You're just obviously not seeing the fact that when he, I don't think he knew the outcome of his kneeling would lead to this, that he would not be taken. But he certainly, as a result of his making this social statement, lost his ability to procure There's, an income in the right, NFL. It's his career. It's, it's, a, it's, not it's about a myth, though, that there's players that kneel now that are still in the NFL because they're good enough to play in the NFL. Well, no, they're doing that because they're on an NFL team currently playing. That's why. That's why. And because yes, also 50 other people are doing it. Nobody so. else has lost you're, you're their miss, job because the, of the you're kneeling. Mi- you're missing the point. You're if you're good enough, you're going to be on a team. Bottom line. Okay. And I think what he does is it's great. So you don't think that there's any any point to the collusion that other owners and other people have said, no, this guy's not playing. He's not good enough to put up with a headache. That's the problem. Like, if he was good, the well, owners would uh, okay, put up with a headache. Okay, obviously, if you're going to put up with, uh, this is my argument about Ball and his father in L.A., you're going to find that if the father doesn't pipe down, LeBron is going to see that as a problem, and they're going to trade Ball from the Lakers. They're going to get rid of him. LeBron's not going to put up with that crap. He's too old, too established. He's not going to have some father going, I can take you in one-on-one. I can, you know, and doing the Mr. T act that he does. They're going to trade that guy. He'll be gone from L.A. if, if the father doesn't shut up. And if you notice, the father's been a lot quiet, quieter now because they have pulled him aside, I promise you. And Jeannie Buss or somebody has said, look, shut up or I'm going to trade your kid. And he's not going to be part of this very special thing that could happen in L.A. right now. This whole thing has been so blown out of proportions by both sides, it's insane. Like he he wasn't kneeling for right. all the horrible so, reasons people so said if he Carson was. Wentz, he wasn't that if, great of a quarterback. So, so, so if Carson Wentz had kneeled before the knee injury, I agree with you. They'd have put up with it. He was putting up those kinds of numbers and blah. But because so I'm agreeing with you, but you're not agreeing with me. And that and, and you don't have to. But but here's the point. I get it. You're right. If he was so good that they do, they put up with Terrell Owens with his big mouth about because he's putting that kind of points on the board and he's that prolific. But he's not as good. But that does not disallow the fact 
that he would have stayed in the NFL and been traded or picked up by other teams had it not been for the fact that he wasn't as great as he as he was maybe at the top of his game that led a team to a Super Bowl, which is you know, a lot of guys never even get to the Super Bowl that are really great quarterbacks, much better than him. He led his team to a Super Bowl and lost. So he at least is good enough to win the NFC Finals, which a lot of guys never do. But he, the the NFL defensive coordinator should figure him out. He was you're, you're, his, you're, he was done, and it's you got to Your actions have consequences. You got to know. Hey, I'm not the starter. If I do this, this could end my career, and it did. Exactly my point. So he made a choice to make a significant social statement about something that was that that he felt needed to be addressed. I, I again, I'm still not backing off of. I don't agree that it should have been that he was kneeling. I think if you wanted to make a statement, and I've yet to see a player in the NFL do it, I still challenge every one of them. If you believe in this that much, then when they say first team on the field, don't walk out and forfeit your salary and say, I cannot play because of what I believe is going on. That would make a significant social statement to me, not kneeling during the national anthem. Isn't that kind of what Kaepernick did? Yes, but I, I again, you and I both agree, Josh, that I don't think Kaepernick didn't think that he was ever going to play again because as a result right. of it. And he wasn't forfeiting a salary. He took a knee. He also turned I, on his contract in San Francisco. So I think he did get to a point, though, where he realized that he could stop kneeling and maybe still have a chance to play versus keep kneeling. And- I'm all well, he agreed. He said, I, he said, I'll stop kneeling if someone will sign me at one point. Right? right. Did he say that? Right. Well, there was talks that he was going to go to... Uh, and Gosh, it's eluding me. What team said to him? Oh, Seattle. And Seattle said, uh, yeah, but do you you guarantee? And he wouldn't put it in. At the last minute, he just said he wouldn't put it in writing. And they said, no, you are not taking it. I don't care if he kneels. I'm, if he wants to kneel, kneel. I'm all for his First Amendment rights to kneel. I just don't. I, I think it's just it's insane that both sides have blown this so like he, you know. He wasn't kneeling well, to offend. It's a double, it's he a double wasn't standard. kneeling you- to offend our soldiers or anything. And he wasn't a good quarterback. This guy like, kneels in front of, you know, very, very well-fit uh, men uh, during the National Anthem. You kneel in front of well-fit men every weekend and no, no one's fired you. Oh, Whoa! That's how I get paid now! Gotta make a paycheck! Gotta make a paycheck. Should we go to a break and never come back? No, I think we're done I wish. I think we're done. Nike stocks are down today. Yeah, so exactly right what Josh from the Daily Orange said. Why step in this? Because yeah. because I promise you they're going to parlay this into a big victory in overseas. You'll see. You'll see. People will dig that they did this. It's a ballsy move. We'll keep an eye it on it. It definitely is. I like it. All right, back I'm tomorrow. I'm talking about Nike. <laughs>